Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, good morning. Welcome to City Hills Church. We're honored that you're here. For those of you, maybe I haven't met you yet. My name is Danny. I'm the pastor here. And I feel a little weird today. This is the first time that my beautiful wife is not here on a Sunday. She's uh, She, a few months ago, designed an intentional living planner from scratch. And uh, she had an opportunity to um, be able to do a market out in Corona to do that. So I guess that like technically makes her what, like a hashtag boss lady? Like it's it's pretty awesome. Super proud of her, excited about all that she is doing. But uh, yeah, I keep looking right there like, where's she at? She's late, she's late, what's going on? But uh, super excited for her. Well, today is, uh, today is a little bit different and, and I'm excited to be able to share with you um, because today I felt like the Lord just really put a message on our on my heart for us. I felt like, um, you know, we're not in a, in a series or digging into a certain character. I just felt like the Lord gave me a message for us today, and uh, I'm hoping that you receive as much from it as I did this week myself as I was challenged by what the Lord spoke to me. But the question is, are you ready? So what I need you to do is I need you to look at somebody next to you and say, I am ready with some confidence behind you. I'm ready. That was weak. That was not confident at all, but some of you are ready. But today, the title of my message is The Secret of Contentment. The Secret of Contentment. And contentment, for many of us, myself included, contentment is one of those elusive words, right? Like finding full contentment in our lives is is really challenging. And so I looked up the definition of contentment, and one definition that I saw that I liked was this. Contentment is a mental or emotional state of satisfaction, maybe drawn from being at ease in one situation, body and mind, or the state of having accepted one situation and finding happiness through it. Now, I like to think about contentment as that moment in life when you kind of break through all of the noise and you get just that little moment of quiet and you can just, your mind is quiet, your heart is quiet, and you can just be like, Whew, and you can look and see all that the Lord is doing in your life, what he's done for you in the past, and and just that excitement of what he's going to continue to do, finding that contentment. And I remember uh, it was recently, it was, it was this past April, we were about four months to the day of relaunching this church. And uh, man, just to be honest, I was spent, right? Like I'd, I'd helped my wife kind of transition to a new job, a job that she had never done before. And there was a lot of like emotions of walking through that transition and figuring out what that looked like. And for both Lauren and I had been on staff at churches full time together for about close to 10 years. And it was the first time in 10 years that we were working in separate places. So there was, you know, you can imagine there was some tension there. So we're working through that as a family, just the the idea of relaunching the church and all the things that we were working on. And man, I was I was spent. I was emotionally drained. Uh, the, the past year and a half had just been this crazy journey of us moving here to San Diego. And even before we got here, there was craziness. And it was just like it all caught up to me 
in April. And I just had that moment where like I, I couldn't think straight. My head was cloudy. I couldn't be creative anymore. I just felt like, Lord, I am I, I don't have anything left. Like this is this is crazy. And we're getting ready for our first Easter here. And it's like I whew, I felt like my passion was a little forced at times, right? Like, have you ever been there before? Have you ever been in that moment where you feel like, man, I don't know if I have anything left to give. I just feel like there has to be something else. I felt like I was on the last thread of my sanity, right? Like it was just hanging on by this tiny little fishing line and life was like a samurai sword ready to just like chop that thing off, right? It just was this moment where I was hanging on for dear life. And maybe for you, you look at your life and you feel like there has to be more to this. There has to be something else. Like I'm working so hard, but I don't see the results that I want to see. And I'm putting all my effort in them. I'm trying to achieve my dreams and I'm doing all this and I just feel spent. And I I don't know about you, but for, for me, I get to this place of just discontentment. Like, Lord, is this it? Like, did I sacrifice all this? Am I working this hard? Am I doing all this for this to feel spent and to feel like I don't have anything left. And what most of us do, especially myself, is is I start to press and push, right? Like I start to try to force things in my own way to make sure that something happens, hoping to bring some fulfillment and some contentment. And in the end, our pushing, our pressing, our trying to force the situation results in emptiness and disappointment because we're trying to do it on our own. The Apostle Paul, he actually talks about this concept through the book of Philippians. And it's, we call it a book, but it's actually a letter that he was writing to a church in Philippi. And throughout the, the letter, Paul is, is challenging them to have faith and have hope and have strength through their trials, through the middle of it. And he's challenging them to remain true to God and joyful regardless of their situation. So I want to look at what he actually says to them in chapter four. And when we get to the end, you'll you'll see a very familiar um, verse. And starting in verse 10, it says, how I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Verse 11, not that I was ever in need. Hmm? Okay. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or little. And this is the familiar verse that I'm sure all of us have heard for. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Paul goes on a couple verses later and he says, I have all that I need and more. It's like, well, good for you, bro. Like, I'm glad that you feel all confident and excited about life and I have everything that I need. I'm all good. And if we were to guess these verses and we're looking at it, we would, we would guess that, that Paul was like sitting in this beautiful place, like eating grapes and just watching the, the Mediterranean Sea roll in, the tide coming in, just beautiful breeze. Well, he did write it in a really unique place, He wrote this with his feet chained to the floor in a Roman prison. He writes these words in a place where surely he was beaten 
for sharing the message of Jesus. He was writing these words in a place where surely he wasn't eating like grilled fish tacos with that beautiful little cotilla cheese and some cilantro lime sauce on it, right? Like everybody's hungry, but like that's not what he's getting. He's lucky if he gets anything at all. They may throw him some rotting bread. And here Paul is saying these things in prison, beaten, lonely, isolated, literally in chains. Isn't that crazy? Paul teaches us the first secret of contentment, and it's this on the screen. Contentment is found in your source. Contentment is found in your source. So the question for us is who or what is your source? Think about it. When, when you feel like there has to be more to life, when you feel like you're tapped out on energy, on time, on resources, who or what is your source? Who is it that you turn to? And in verse 11, Paul says, I've learned to be content. And that word, and when you look at the original language, it actually means to be self-sufficient. But what he explains to us is that word self is not just relying on his own strength. He says, I've learned to be self-sufficient, to be content in and through Christ who gives me strength. Paul understood that in order to be content, he has to turn to the source of all contentment. If he wanted strength, he had to turn to the one who was the ultimate strength giver. The reality was for, for us is that we cannot rely on the strength of our husband. We can't rely on the strength of our wife. We can't rely on the strength of our friends, our parents, our jobs, our possessions, our, our leadership titles, our likes on socials. Like we can't depend on any of those things to bring contentment in our life. Contentment comes from a divine place, from a divine person. His name is Jesus. And you hear that, and it's like, well, that's, that's the most Sunday school answer I've ever heard, right? Like, any, any question in Sunday school, the answer could always be Jesus, and you're somewhat right. Like, hey, what about this? Jesus. Oh, I, well, I mean, I can't say no. But yeah, yeah, that's right, kid. That's, that's exactly right. It sounds like this, like, whatever answer, but it's the reality of our life Paul, in another letter, he, he's talking about how he was dealing with this issue. And we don't know exactly what the issue was, but he, he says multiple times, I prayed, God, please remove this from me. Remove, he describes it as a thorn in his side. Remove this from me. And God told him this each time. He says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. That's what the Lord told him. And Paul says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults and in the hardship and the persecution and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Who or what is your source right now? Who is it that you're turning to as the source of your contentment, the source of your strength? Back in, in my story, in this moment where I felt tapped out and weak, I went to my happy place. And San Diego is a beautiful place for me because my happy place is the beach. So I went in the middle of the day and I took my Bible and I took a notebook and I took a tent because the beach is cold. I'm just, I'm just being practical. And so I went out and I, I threw my little tent out from Costco and I sat there with my Bible and my notebook. And I just said, Lord, I'm, I'm tapped out, bro. 
I got nothing. I got nothing left. Like, just getting this thing started, and this is a, this is a lifelong journey for us. I'm going to need you. And in the quiet of that moment, he just began to reassure me. And, and I would read verses, and I would read scripture. And he, he brought me to a, a song that I'd, I'd heard a hundred times. And honestly, just being honest with you, it was a worship song. And I was like, nah, I don't really like that song. I don't really like that song all that much. So, like, if you don't like a song, I get it. Like, we all have those moments. And the words this day just stood out to me. And the, the words said, in the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new ground. I came here with nothing, but now look at all you have given me. He brought me back to the words of Deuteronomy 33, that the words that Moses said. And he said, there's no one like God of Israel he rides across the heavens to help you across skies in majestic splendor. The eternal God of your refuge, his everlasting arms are under you. He drives out the enemy before you. And the last verse of that, I love what it says. It says, who else is like you? A people saved by the Lord. He is, protecting, he is your protecting shield and your triumphant sword. And in that moment, I heard the Lord whispering to me, and he said, everything that you've been through has been oppressing. It's been a crushing in order to break new ground in your life. It was to do something brand new in your life. It was to bring something out of you that you didn't even know existed within you. It was creating new wine, new dreams, new plans, new hopes, all through the pressing. And I wonder how many of you need that same message today, that whatever you're walking through, you need to hear the Lord say to you that I see your frustrations, I see your needs, I hear your prayers, and I'm right here. I haven't gone anywhere. I, I, your challenges, your struggles, your inability to find contentment in your life, you can find it in me, you can find strength in me. My grace is sufficient. And when the source of our strength and our contentment is the Lord, his grace is more powerful in our life than anything else that we, we can experience. In our weakness, he is our strength. The second secret of contentment is this. Contentment is found in your perspective. That word is always interesting, perspective. This week I heard a, a story about this, this old couple who had been married for decades and the husband was really starting to get worried about his wife. He, he was worried that like she was losing her hearing and they would have conversations and it just wasn't working anymore. So he's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to approach this with her. Like, how do I go to her and say, hey, honey, you need some hearing aids, right? Like, I don't know what to do. So he, he calls the doctor and the doctor gave him a brilliant idea. He says, okay, well, when you have a conversation with your wife, stand about 40 feet away from her and then just talk. And see if she responds. If she doesn't respond, then scoot in to about 30, and then scoot into about 20, and scoot until you finally get her to hear you. So he's like, okay, this is great. This is going to be perfect bridge for me to tell her she needs hearing aids. So the next day, his wife is cooking in the kitchen, and he gets about 40 feet, and he says, hey, sweetie, uh, what's for dinner? No response. So he scoots in the 30 feet. Baby, sweetie, what's for, uh, what's for dinner tonight? No response. 20 feet, same thing. 10 feet, no response. And he's like, this is awful. She cannot hear at all. This is 
oh my goodness, I don't even, we may have to cut her ears off or something like this. A hearing aid isn't going to help this. So he scoots right next to her and he says, sweetheart, what is for dinner? And she says, John, this is the fifth time I've told you it's chicken. Are you deaf or something? He didn't get it. He was the deaf one. He was the one that couldn't hear. He was the one that couldn't hear. It didn't have anything to do with her. And the reality is, just like this old man, our perspective oftentimes is set on other people and what other people need to do and what we don't have, when in the reality, the issue is many times internal. It's actually with us. It's actually for us. One of the most neglected areas of growth in most leaders is self-leadership. We work on leadership on how to lead other people and how to communicate better and how to do all of these things better, but rarely do we as leaders take the time to work on ourselves. And for many of you, you are leaders. You're entrepreneurs, you're, you're managers, you're people of influence. The things that you do in your life, they carry weight. I'm sitting in a room full of people who, who have an impact everywhere they walk. And the question for us is, is how much time do we actually spend developing ourselves to work on our perspective? You see, I love this quote, our perspective will always shift outward when our greatest needs are within us. Our perspective always shifts outward when the greatest needs are actually within us. We move to blame, we move to outbursts, complaining, discontentment, insecurities, fears. We move to those things and we point the fingers everywhere else. Well, that's, that's what something's wrong with them. And if, if I had a better boss and, and if they saw what I did, if they understood, if, if anyone ever appreciated me, if, if everybody else in the reality is that many times the greatest need in those moments are actually within us. When our attention consistently points to issues with everybody else, that's the exact moment we need to look in the mirror. And that's hard. That's challenging for us because it's easy for us to see what's wrong around us, but not take account for what's happening within us. One of my favorite books is called um, Courageous Leadership. And there's a, a whole chapter in there about self-leadership. And the author gives a list of questions that you can work through to, to kind of check your heart, to check where you are in your leadership and on your self-leadership level. And I wanted to share some of those with you today as we're wrapping up, because I feel like it's such an important thing that our perspective is in the right place, because if our perspective is off from within, it's hard for us to ever be content. It's hard for us to ever find that true purpose that we talk about every week if our perspective is off kilter. So here's a few of the, the questions. It says, is my vision clear? Is my vision clear? You hear about, a lot about vision when you're in church, but the reality is that we need to have a vision for our life, a vision for our family, a vision for what we want to accomplish in our job, not just moving up the ladder or accomplishing those different things, but how we want to impact people. The next one is, is my passion hot? Are the things that we're passionate about, the things that God created us naturally to care so much about, are those passions hot? Those things that you used to care about and you'd be willing to make sacrifices before, do they matter to you anymore? Or has that fire died out? Am I developing my gifts? This is important. 
The reality, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Every one of us is born with gifts and abilities and talents. And if your whole focus is on what gifts you don't have, you're missing the point. You're missing the way that the Lord has wired you. But it requires us to actually develop and work on those gifts. Some of the deeper ones is my character submitted to Jesus. It's my character submitted to Jesus. Who I am as a person, my integrity, the way I do things, is that submitted to Jesus? Is my pride subdued? This is a challenging one. Listen to yourself talk to know where your level of pride is. If everything that you say, everything that you do, everything that you talk about, if it comes back to, well, I mean, what about me? What about me? Like, I'm putting in all this time. I'm cleaning all the laundry, and I'm doing all this, and I'm getting the house together, and I'm making sure the kids don't kill themselves, and I'm doing this and this. What are you, what, what are they doing? And even if you're not saying it out loud, what's, what's, that, what's that voice in your head saying time and time and time again? If we're not careful, our pride will just rise up. When we're at work and, and that leader, who we know we're a better leader than, makes another dumb decision. We're like, if they would just listen to me, if they would just do what I said we should do, if they would just let me be the leader. And the Lord goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Aren't you right where I want you to be right now in this moment? Is our pride subdued? It's one of it's one of those things that I struggle with, especially when when I had other leaders. It's like, well, if you just listened to me, you would have made that dumb decision. I could have told you that. And the Lord's like, hey, hey, that's not the right mentality. And they would drive me to this place of discontentment because I didn't feel like I was being heard. Another one: Am I overcoming my fears? Am I overcoming my fears? Those things that you're deeply afraid of. Are you overcoming those through the strength? of the Lord. This is a huge one. Is my pace sustainable? You ever had those seasons in your life where you're running so hard and you're like, if this doesn't stop, we just gonna all blow up. Like this just can't continue. Sometimes that's just a season. Sometimes you just have to grit your teeth and it's like, this is that season. But as a family, you have to be able to put an end mark to it where you go, hey, we're gonna run like this to a point And then after that, we're going to make some sacrifices because we can't sustain this pace. And this is the biggest one. Is my love for God and for people increasing? Is my love for God and people increasing? If you answer no to any of those questions, which I did, multiple of them, it's a reminder of where we need to check our self-leadership. It's those areas where we can bring before the Lord and go, hey, God, I need your help on working on this. I need your help on getting better in this area. I need you to work on me before I start trying to point the finger and do all this other stuff through other people. Fix my perspective, Lord. As we close, there, there's a story in, in 1 Samuel verse 30, and this is coming right on the heels of the series we just came out of. David and his men, they're, they're running away from Saul, and they decided to help this other army uh, in, in this battle. And they just kind of went out of their way and they helped them. And when they got back to their camp a few days later, some marauders had come through and they stole their children and their wives and they stole all of their livestock, all of their possessions. And the men were distraught. They came back after doing what they felt was this good deed to their entire 
little village just pillaged and taken. Everything that mattered most to them, gone. And it was this bad moment in David's life because his men started to turn on him. They're like, this is your fault. We're going to stone you like this. I can't believe you let this happen. I can't believe this is going on. And they're just, they're broken. But David did something really powerful that I think you and I have to, to remember. And in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 30, it says, David strengthened himself with trust in his God. He ordered the priest, bring me the ephod so I can consult God. So he brought it to David. Both David and the Apostle Paul make it very, very clear. If you need contentment, if you need peace, if you need direction, if you need strength, it's found in Jesus. It's found in us coming before the God of all strength, the God of all contentment and saying, Lord, I can't do this. I need you. We get excited about Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, we put it on wristbands and we athletes write it on their their eye, their, their eye black, and they put them on their shoes, and I can do all things through Christ. But sometimes the all things is having the strength to walk through a season, not necessarily get out of it. Sometimes the all things that we can do through Christ means having contentment in a time where you feel like you deserve absolute better situation. Sometimes the all things through Christ means that we have to have faith in the moments where we want to quit the most. Paul, sitting in chains in a Roman prison, says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have all that I need and more. How crazy is that? That he had that level of trust and contentment in the Lord. Contentment is found in our source and in our perspective. And the reality is that only the Lord can be both of those things for us. Let's pray today before we transition to a time of communion. Jesus, we thank you for this reminder. I thank, I thank you for the reminder for myself that I can look at my own life in those areas where I need my perspective corrected. I need my perspective shifted on the things that, that matter most. Lord, I thank you for the reminder of, of when I felt at my weakest that I could come to you and find you, that I could cut through all of the noise and the craziness, and I can just go, Lord, I'm, I'm tapped out. I've got nothing left to give unless you show up. I've got nothing left to give unless you move in my life. So God, I pray for every person in this room. Every one of us struggles at different points in our life with contentment. We want different situations. We want different resources. We want maybe a different life. But God, in the midst of all of that, you find us and you bring us strength. You bring us hope. You bring us peace. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. 
If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.